Hello, this is Shane from Phantom Flame Revival Network. We are a, a community of people that are just believing for more of God and are uh, passionate for the Lord. So anyways, I have with me Eli Lara, my good friend from Mission, Texas. Eli, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, guys. My name is Eli Lara. I'm, uh, I'm a minister here in South Texas, and we're on a construction on a new facility in McAllen, Texas. Uh, the church is going to be called New Life Family Church. New Life Family Church. I love that. So I've actually been part of uh, with you guys for quite some time. Uh, I want you to talk to us a little bit about, okay, so just give us a little bit more about, you know, this church and kind of a little bit of your history with God and, and everything. We want to hear what it looks like. Uh, I've heard a lot from you, but I want uh, the listeners here to be able to hear what it looks like to 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 have faith in God and to walk with God because you have such a rich, rich history with Him. So, well, you know, Shane, my life really—it's—it's it's a long history. I probably don't have all the time to talk about it, but my family, my great, my, gra my grandfather was a pastor. Uh, he's a legacy for me. He's a great man of God. Uh, matter of fact, he came out of a great magazine up in New York for the mission work that he did. They would drive to the mountains and do great things. Through that, he had eight children: one, seven boys, and one girl, and. What they did was incredible. They all became ministers and became national evangelists coming from a small town in San Rafael, Nuevo León, Mexico, in the mountains, and how God just transformed their lives to come into the States and not only come to Texas, but all over the United States being great evangelists and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that was my family. And from there, my dad got married with my mom. You know what's so funny is the very city that I hated when I came was McAllen was the very city that my dad and my mom. I'm so together. sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was. But now I love McAllen. But my mom and my dad met in a church service in McAllen. And little did I know that in 1987, I would be back to McAllen, Texas. Um, my dad was a pastor and my mom, a uh, pastor's wife, and uh, they did great stuff. My mom died in a car accident at the age, when I was age, age of 15. It was a horrible accident. My dad lost his wife and his brother at the same time. And uh, it was a very difficult time for us. We lost everything, even the church, uh, Temple Emanuel in Houston, which was a really nice, nice church. The congregation tournament had, uh, they just felt like he wasn't stable enough to be a pastor because everything that we're going through. My dad was a pastor. He was a contractor. My mom was a pastor, but a hardworking lady. And uh, my uncle worked too. And we lost everything uh, in, in in a month or two from, from a nice beautiful subdivision in the woodlands to the floor of a church will wake up every morning with big rats sleeping with us it was just a nightmare from taking a shower in the big showers from uh kind of washing our head in the sink it was total transformation and uh you know what really blows my mind as i share this is that we never wavered we stood strong in our faith and uh and my dad did too and we never left that and that's when god moved our hearts to go to McAllen and my dad felt from the Lord to come to McAllen. So uh, tell me your, so what, what's it like sleeping with rats? <laughs> it is, you know, it is not a good uh, feeling at all. I just, you felt somebody tugging on the side of your ribs wow. and uh, they were big. It was just something that just blew my mind to know that the church could have so many rats in one certain area. I, they weren't mouse, they were rats, they were giants. And I, uh, it was something that really transformed my life from riches to rags. Yeah, it was a wake-up moment. Wow, okay. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily have that experience. I'm very sorry that you slept with monsters. 
Um, obviously, they were very attracted to you, so you must have been very good looking, or at least you know had a lot of meat on you. Well, all of us, Shane, we're all attracted <laughs> to all my family. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, so you have a story of uh, a family that uh, is faithful to God, and you know you experience a lot of adversity. Um, mm -hmm. You know, um, I've heard a lot about just kind of your your history. I actually haven't heard a lot about this, but I've heard a lot about your history with walking with God, especially in adversity. So um, I have a question for you. What does it look like to live on fire for Jesus, even when you're sleeping with rats, metaphorically, even when it's difficult, it's tough? What did you do during those times when, you know, you were sleeping on the church floor? What did you do during those times when, you know, everybody it seemed like was against you? You know, Shane, I've never really had that question asked to me. It, it makes me always want, makes me want to cry. It's I realized as I was, you were asking the question, I was meditating. Those were the moments I was really close to God wow. because I would have a conversation with God and I would tell God, I don't understand why is this happening to us. It was real difficult. And I felt like I was the one that was strong in the family for my dad and my brothers and and from early on, I've always I've always been close to God. I was the one that would walk out and look to the stars and cry out to God. I would be the one that goes to a corner and cry to God and say, God, what's going on? And it was really hard to understand. Yeah, there were some moments that were very frustrating being at that moment in life where you lose everything. And you're a child because you've always depended on your family to provide for you. But then we lose everything. And uh, mm -hmm. it, it really was a mind-boggling moment. And I think... In my weakest moment as I was growing up, I realized now as you asked that question, my conversation with God got stronger. Wow. So that's kind of counterintuitive to think that actually challenges are what drew you to God. But I think that's so true. You know, like um, when you're working out, it's the adversity of the muscle that's actually going to grow it. And James 1, chapter 2, uh, verse 2, starting, starting strong in the beginning of James, it says, you know, consider it pure joy when you face trials and tribulations of many kinds, because you know that testing of your faith will produce endurance, which is beautiful. So um, you're obviously a marathon runner in the in the marathon of, of trials and tribulations. Well, I wish I looked like a marathon runner. You look more like. Um, Here we go. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's just drop that thought right there. You're a good-looking man, Eli. You're a good-looking man. There's, there's just plenty to love. I don't know, guys. If you were here, it would be like, that was not right. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Well, anyways, you've reached the quote-unquote promised land. You're, You know, uh, for a lot of people listening to this, they're asking questions like, God, what do you have for my life? What do you want me to do? And you kind of reach to a pinnacle, not not, not the pinnacle, but at you're 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 pursuing that sort of pinnacle right now with a church plant, and this isn't something that you imagine doing at all. You know, it's not the first thing you would have thought doing is becoming a pastor. Um, you know, talk talk a little bit about what does it look like to live in faith and for God to to just direct you towards something you wouldn't expect in the first place. Because I know there's a lot of people that are asking these sorts of questions. You know, that's a great question, Shane. Wow, just kind of reflect on the questions are really good. I think for me, as I, I, I was seeking the Lord, I feel like the, the Lord was using people to speak into my life. Mm. Um, as I was facing adversities and I was having conversation um, with God, God would send people to speak into my life. Matter of fact, I'll never forget, after my mom passed away, a pastor came to visit the church. 
And he called me out and said, you're a man of God. You don't know or have an idea what God has in store for you. And I was 16 years old. I was like, look at this guy. I said, what is he talking about? But God knew what he was talking about. And uh, yeah, I've had the honor of traveling uh, all over the nation and being able to speak and having the privilege of speaking in our community, which is uh, 1.8 million from Rio Grande City all the way to Brownsville and being able to impact not only, you know, our schools, uh, not only the Spanish community, but the English community. And I really believe that was everything that God was allowing me to do. I think the next step was for me was to uh, go and be part of the nations, which was a prophetic word for me. Mm. But God kind of did a little curve on me and uh, called me to be a pastor. And, and I was like, no, Lord, I don't want to be a pastor. I mean, I'll do anything for you outside the community. <laughs> I just don't want to be a pastor. And let me just tell you guys, um, without looking for it, God saw my heart and God knows your heart. God looks at your motives. You can have great faith, but if your motives are wrong, I'm going to tell you, God's not going to use you. Your motives have to align to God's perfect mm-hmm. will. And if your heart is to be famous or to be known or to be successful or to have a big church, whatever it may be that it's your desires, you know, your idea. No, it has to be God's idea. For me to be a pastor was very hard for me because I felt like I wasn't qualified, Shane. But when God started seeing, sending me pastors from around the world to speak the same word, I said, God, I'm not going to fight against you. And I will tell you really quick that God will give you confirmation if he called you. Matter of fact, I was talking to my brother, Leo, and he said, um, you know, let's look for one more confirmation. And I, I, you know, I'm good with that. He said, he doesn't remember saying this, but he said, I make sure it's not the devil. I said, brother, the devil don't need no help. I don't want to be a pastor. Three days later, I'm driving from the radio station going home because I do. I have a radio show. been doing it for so many years. And as I'm coming down, I get a phone call about the movie, The Prayer the War Room, or The Prayer Room or something like that, the movie that War came room. out, The War Room. Yeah. And I remember I, I told the person, well, let me get off real quick off the expressway, and I'll go in to uh, see if they have it. Well, when I walked into the Christian bookstore, not expecting to be there, that was not my plan. There's a pastor there. And when he looks at me, I'm not lying to you. It looked like he was looking at a ghost. And in my spirit, I knew this was a divine moment. Mm. So I began to tell him, hey, remember the time you would always tell me I should be a pastor? And why am I sitting here? I said, well, God's working on it. And he looks at me, Shane. And he said, I dreamed about you last night. And you knew I was God. He said, I dreamed about you last night. God allowed me to see your future. He said, I saw a building full of thousands and thousands of people but it wasn't just a building, but you were going to impact the world. He goes, you don't know who you are and who, what God has called you to be. You're a man of God and God's favors upon your life. And he's going to use you in a mighty way. Jane, that was so powerful for me because I think it's important for us believers to look for confirmation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that tell us a lot of things, you know, but we got to make sure we align our hearts to God's perfect will, um, his purpose. And, and I love what you were talking about, Jane. Purpose is created through pain. It's not an easy road. It's been difficult. But you know what? When you're in God's uh, purpose, let me tell you, he shows off. That's amazing. So you're you're. From what it sounds like, you're saying that God is a vision caster and he's just kind of been planting seeds in your life. And it kind of took took a while for you to catch hold of it and really have your heart turned towards that. Um, you know, so, you know, it's interesting. You didn't necessarily want it in the beginning, but 
it's something that kind of grew on you and the Lord's just kind of been wooing you towards that, towards that, that desire. And well, he did it in a weird way, Shane, because, you know, he begins to speak with that really, you know, how we talked about that really beautiful voice he shares. Uh, one day I was walking in mountains here in the valley. There's no mountains. So I call them a mountain, the canals. They're about 15 feet off the ground. And one day I was walking, he just threw me a curveball. He said, he said, my servant, I'm looking for a church that allows my spirit to move. And, I, mm. and it threw me a curveball because he knows I work in the community. He knows I'm in the high schools. He knows I'm in the classes. He knows I'm preaching in different conferences and different churches. So that right there, little curveball was like, hey, I'm about to do something different in you. So maybe you're, you're saying that you're a little churched out with, with the, the regular way that churches run. Maybe talk about that. What, what what do you think God's heart for the regular church is? And what, what have you seen? I, w- I won't say like it happens everywhere, but I know I've encountered, you know, sometimes where it's just like you're 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 just waiting for it to, to end. Like it's just tiring. You don't, you know. Well, let me just tell you, that's a great question, Shane. For me, it's like I've never been a pastor, so I don't know what it means to be a pastor. And I really believe that we've created this this idea of what a church should be like. And I always tell God, God, am I doing it the way you want me to do it? Oh God, how do you want me to do it? This is the way I've always been taught, but how do you want me to do it? How do you want me to lead? Because I really don't know how to do it. And I'm being really honest. And some of you, maybe that listen will be pastors. will be saying, really? Yes, really. I don't know how to be a pastor. I, you know, we've been brought up all our lives to sing four or five songs, have a message and come down the stage and go home and, and altar call. Don't forget the altar call. Yeah, and the yeah. altar call. And I really want to know the way God wants to mm-hmm. do it. You know, I I remember, Shane, when Jesus was teaching uh, the crowd and, and they were they're bringing this person that can't walk through the roof. And it never interrupted God, and God did a miracle, and he went right back to teaching. I really believe there's ways that God wants to use us, and I'm really I'm, I'm ready and I'm willing to do exactly what he wants me to do. Now, do I have an idea? Hmm, somewhat, but again, he's God, and he knows it better than I do. So humans plot their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Absolutely. And I think that is something that is so important is to be able to yield. Because remember, Shane, I've been doing a lot of ministry. And I'll give you one example. One time they invited me to preach at a um, at a, a truck club, lowrider trucks here in the, it was La Jolla, which is a really bad area. Well, I showed up, Shane, and there's like 100 lowrider trucks. So I looked at the pastor. I said, Pastor, where's the stage? He goes, there's no stage. Oh, really? Because I'm used to Ooh. having a stage. So you got about 300 lowriders smoking and drinking in a church parking lot. And I get, what I do is I just go right in the middle of everything. They make a circle. I just make a circle. I go in the middle and I begin to preach Jesus. And when it was one of the most beautiful moments of my ministry where God used me with no mic and no speakers. And I just spoke Jesus to 300 unbelievers and the power of God showed up and God was showing me, just trust me, be obedient to me. And I'm going to demonstrate and I'm going to show off through you. I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, I kind of want to cap on that. So like just by your heart alone, that's kind of what the Lord is looking for to use people that, that their hearts are right and are set before the Lord. Um, Form and structure has its place, but unless it's, Unless it's created through that yielded heart, mm. all the form and structure in the world is only dead. Mm. You know, and that just kind of reminds me of the fact that we need to really just make sure our hearts are sensitive to the Holy Spirit and that 
you know, that we just keep in that place of, of continual burning for the Lord and that it doesn't become duty focused or, or, you know, all focused on structure and, oh, timing and, and that, but really that the, at the forefront is that, you know, this is about Jesus. This is a ministry to Jesus and whatever form that takes, you know, we're ready in and out of season. Right. Yeah. But I think you're, you're, you're crawling into something that's much bigger. Uh, as you were speaking, I feel like the Holy Spirit was teaching me something. Uh, I'm reminded of how the church was. We talked about we have uh, 30 minutes of singing. Um, we raise the offering. You know, we give announcements and then we do the word and we do an altar call. You know, I just feel like lately God has been teaching me something because he said the harvest is plentiful, but there's no workers. Mm. So I realized that a lot of people go to church, but they're not. They don't go out there and work the hardest. And, and that really ministers to me because I tell the Lord, how can we do that? And the Holy Spirit led me to when Jesus was um, was ministering on the highways and the byways, he would take his disciples with them and they would volunteer and they were motivated and they were inspired because of the glory of God that was in the life of Jesus. So when they saw the glory of God, it motivated them. It, it just kicked their faith inside the heart to go deeper. And I feel like the church is missing that. Well, we can see that. And, and God is... God taught me something. One day I was watching a video and they were doing a normal conference because I've done a lot of those normal conferences in many different states. And I, and I said, Lord, do you want me to do that conference? I was on Facebook. Yes, I was scrolling and I saw a conference here locally and it was nice. And the Lord was saying, those are the same people. We're recycling the same people. Mm. And the Lord told me, I don't want you to do that. He goes, call this woman. Her name was Marisa. And I called her right there in that moment. He goes, call her. And she works for BCFS, which is basically works for broken kids and broken families. Tell her that your first conference is going to be done at your new church with broken kids. Mm. And it moved me. And I called her and I said, hey, Marisa, how are you doing? She goes, I'm doing horrible. My dad's dying. My son's in prison. Uh, it, I don't have money. Everything's going horribly wrong. And I said, oh, sorry, it's my fault. She goes, what do you mean? You're not my husband. You're nothing to me. I said, no, it's my fault because God's about to do something powerful in our lives. Mm. And I said, what I want you to do is I want you to gather four or 500 kids to meet in this summer. And I'll be our first conference of broken people to be able to minister to what motivates your leaders and your congregation is when they see the glory of the living God and the work of the Holy wow. Spirit. So when you have 400 broken people and you have volunteers and they begin to see their lives transformed, that's going to motivate them. And that is even in the Old Testament, when uh, David was in the caves of Adelon. His family made peace, his brothers, and God sent him not 400 healthy men. He sent him 400 broken people. And that's where God reminded me the importance of doing it his way and not a religious way. Wow. I love that. I think, you know, you're, you're talking about you're not just sitting in the pews being a spectator, but you're actually in the front lines doing that stuff. So, I mean... <laughs> Talk about like your mentality. You said that, you know, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. What does someone say my age? What does someone do just, you know, in the small little things now to make sure that they're not people that are just spectating, but they're actually on the front lines doing what the Lord is calling them to do and actually getting engaged instead of just waiting for like, you know, when you're a hundred years old, you're a hundred, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pretty close. Great question, Shane. I think what we have to work. Number one is that ministry is not on the stage. 
Mm, wow. Ministry is not a mic. Ministry is not being a youth pastor. Ministry is not being a pastor. Ministry is being a child of God. And I think when you understand that, that motivates you that when you wake up in the morning, you go get a cup of coffee. That person that's serving you that coffee needs Jesus. Or let's say, for example, you're in a, a cab and you're driving and that cab driver needs Jesus. When you begin to understand that there's a lost world because we're the light of the world and you know that the person in front of you is in darkness, you need to reflect the love of Jesus. And I think that is so important. And that's where ministry begins. When you understand in the simplest form that ministry is the moment you come to Christ, ministry, your new life begins and that every person is important, not the mic, not the position, no, it's every person needs to know about salvation in Jesus Christ. Wow. So like in a world with so many resources and so many ministry certificates and doctorates and, and all these different things, these certifications, you're saying like, listen, as as someone who comes into the kingdom, stop waiting for validation from someone. You have the ministry of reconciliation given to you on that spot. I love that. Absolutely, Shane. It's proven. Uh, the woman at the well. It's a great example. How about the, the <laughs> she man? She didn't have a class, did she? She didn't. How about the guy that had a legion of demons? He wanted to follow Christ, and Christ said, no, stay here and share your story. I believe that when you encounter Jesus Christ, it motivates you. And how about the man who was blind? Don't tell him when he couldn't stop talking. It's because when you encounter the presence of God, and he's merciful and he's good, you want to share Jesus. You're not looking for a mic. You're not looking for a position because you have the freedom wherever you're at to share Jesus. When you're looking for a mic or you're looking for a position, I really have to question where your heart's at because really, you have the world to minister with. Mm. Uh, you can minister to someone walking down the road in the park, in the highways, in the byways at your work. There's many places where you can demonstrate the light of God. Yeah, and I, I would just say ministry looks and it takes so many different forms. We're talking about structure. Ministry takes so many different forms. So um, it's not, not just one thing, but there's so many ways you can get engaged with God in what he wants to do right here and right now. And if you're wondering what you're calling in, I think it's simple what Jesus said, on earth as it is in heaven. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. So um, I, w I actually kind of want to flip the script on, 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 the, on the people that are listening. Um, you're talking about the fruit of a relationship that's on fire for God. But I think the first thing that you talk about regardless of all these things is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and learn to walk with God. So talk about that, you know, for people like my age, like, yes, we want to do all these great things, but what does it look like to live as people that focus on relationship and out of that, you know, comes that fruit? Well, you're asking a good question again, and I'm going to throw some rocks. So here it goes. And, and Come at me. Okay. Well, it's not at you. It's many people that hopefully will be listening to this because here it is. I was at the house one day. I have a picture of Jesus and uh, I had a Mormon come over the house and uh, he tells me he loves a picture of Jesus. And I said, oh, really? Uh, I thought you loved John Smith a lot more. And he looked at me really strange. And I said, I'm not trying to offend you. I said, uh, it's important uh, to for you to understand who God is. And I said, can I give you an advice? He goes, yes, please. I said, take everything that you learned and put it to the side and walk with Jesus. Mm encounter him that's why it says first seek the kingdom of god and his righteousness because a lot of people get religious righteousness or to give ideas that have nothing to do with god and we read all these books that are good 
And these men of God encountered God, but God gives us the same privilege to have our own mountain and encounter the living God too. And let me just tell you, when you walk with God, it be, the first thing that begins to happen is that you, your understanding begins to die. And when that understanding begins to die, you give more room to the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit takes more room in your life, you begin to understand and see the world, not in your eyes, but in God's eyes. That's why it says, love God with all your mind, heart, and soul. And the only way you can get there is by walking with God, because then it says, love your neighbor as yourself. You will never Never love your neighbor. You'll never see your neighbor as God sees them if you don't love God with all your mind, heart, and soul. And that begins by walking with them every single day and being in his word. And what happens is the word begins to convict you and transform you. Then when you see the loss or see people that have offended you or people that have taken from you, you don't see them in an aspect of bitterness or anger or unforgiveness. You see them the way Jesus sees them and you want to share that love and that mercy to them so it's very important to walk with christ number one you die of yourself number two you get the understanding of god number three he will use you he will give you that moment where you can discern situations number four you will get the gifts that he has for you number five you'll be places that very few people can ever reach I think that wraps it up. That's amazing, Eli. Thank you so much for coming on board. Is there anything else you want to share before we take off? Yeah, I just want to tell you guys uh, that God loves you. And uh, no matter where you've been in life, if you repent of your ways and you confess your sins, I always say this, Shane, own up to it. Confess your sins. Allow the Holy Spirit to restore you and wait on God. You're going to see how God can use you in a mighty way. It's our time. I think it's our time to make a difference. And I think it's time of God's people to take up the sword of the spirit and be everything that he's called you to be. God bless you. Amen. Well, that was absolutely incredible. I think we went about 150 miles an hour speaking and, and really just, uh, I, I got an incredible amount out of that. I know you guys did as well. And, uh, you know, this is something you probably have to take some time to process, but I want to recap on some of the, the amazing things that were talked about. And, and one of the, I think the core things that was talked about was keeping your heart pure before the Lord and making sure that you're just set your heart on him and him alone. And it's not about when you're working and doing ministry and God opens up doors and, and people are speaking in your life. Remember that to keep the main thing, the main thing, and that is Jesus Christ. And that's what we're all here about. And, and, you know, ministry number two, ministry doesn't have to, you know, wait until you get a certain certificate. Jesus qualified the unqualified, right? And when you have the Holy Spirit, you are officially qualified. You are an inductee into the Holy Spirit Hall of Fame, and you're ready to go. And the world needs to hear your voice. You have a unique story and a testimony, and don't downplay that, you know. Uh, Eli has an incredible story, and and now he's walking into a, a completely new season, becoming a pastor. Actually, Well, he's been that, but he's, you know, uh, planting a church, and just because he's at that climax stage doesn't mean you need to wait a couple 20 years or so in order to get involved and do what God's called you to do. So anyways, hope this encourages you. If it did, share it, like it, and uh, get involved in the community of what we're doing. Visit our website at FemTheFlameRevivalNetwork.com. See you later. Bye-bye.